everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social Justice, the New American Revolution. I'm your host, Jamal, and on the line today, we have Danielle, Chris, Carlos, Jeff. How is everybody doing today? Good. Good on this side. Hanging in there, man. Good. Awesome. All right. So the last time we had an episode, we kind of spoke about a lot of the writing that has seems to have calmed down, but um, it seems to not be on social media as much. It may be because of the media blackout or the social media blackout. Uh, how are you guys feeling about everything today? We'll start with Danielle. Whoa. It's loud. Um, I don't know. I think it went too far. I think the whole reasoning behind everything is now lost and it's going to end up being for nothing because of how far it's gone. And that's the saddest part of it all. Um, Jeff, how you feeling today? Uh, I kind of think it's going in the right direction. Um, I'd have to disagree with Danielle. Uh, there's there's some things that, I mean, they're messing up mom and pop shops. If they're doing shit like that, then... That ain't that's cool. what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, that's or not the cool. burning of the family home. But that's what but I was still, referring to. But at the end of the day, they have insurance to to cover that. Uh, they shouldn't be doing that, but that's the way. And and it's it's not the peaceful protesters. There is outside groups coming out of this, mm-hmm. um, and causing all the the, the extra shit. But uh, as far as the peaceful protests, um, I mean, they're they're doing. Their, I think they should do a lot more. It can't be peaceful. Peaceful never. It hasn't worked until. Uh, yeah, never has. So um, they're actually getting a lot more attention the way it's going on. So yeah, keep keep doing what they're doing. No, I agree with that. I'm not saying that the protests or the riots were necessarily wrong. I just think at a certain point it went too far. The family home being burned with the child inside of it. Yeah, that's, that's that... going too far. But that's what I'm referring to. Hit yeah, the but... big corporations. Hit the Trump-owned yeah, corporations. Sure. But. A lot of these places, the black-owned businesses, but, yeah, they have insurance, but they're not coming back from this. But you got to understand, it's, it's not the peaceful protesters that's doing that. It's these outside oh, yeah, no, that, that are anti-Trump. Then it's making the Black Lives Matter movement look, look bad. I know those people need to be filtered out, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. because of those people that the message is going to end up getting lost, which is the messed up part of it. No, you I, know don't what think, I, mean? I, I don't think it will end up ruining the message. Um, it, it will delay it in some ways, but we're getting the message across through the, the protests right now. There's helicopters out around the cities right now. Like, I hear the helicopters. Like, like everyone's listening. All, the whole world is listening right now. So, yeah, we're moving in the perfect direction. I'm going to say, I, I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, I think we're we're going in the right direction, maybe a little too well, <laughs> if that mm. makes sense. But I feel like with a lot of the a lot of the protests and some of the riots, it's it's getting people's attention. Um, and no matter how you protest or riot, people aren't gonna like oh, it. Of course, because there's no right um, way. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying right. Now, I'm not saying go burn down or go throw bricks at a children's hospital, which I, you just told me now. I think that's a little bit too far, in my opinion. As somebody with children, and I've had a son in the hospital for an extended amount of time, 
a years ago. I can say I'm not really comfortable with that aspect, to be honest. I guess because that resonates with me. But otherwise, I think a lot of what's happening is a necessary evil. Absolutely. Like you can only be, you can only be, I'm not positive. You can only be peaceful for so long, you know, and a lot of the peaceful protests, they're not being covered. No one knows where the peaceful protests are happening, but you know where the riots are happening. So it's the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more than relevant right now. Um, So I would say my opinion is in between both of yours, because I think, I think it's, a little extreme, but I think a lot of it is Well, yeah, that's what I was saying to Charles before. I said, you can only be backed into a corner for so long before you blow up. And that's what's happened. You know, Colin Kaepernick and everything. There's been so many peaceful ways to to do this and everybody's been told, no, not that way. Nope, not that way either. Yep, nope, that one wasn't right either. So what do you expect? Mm -hmm. What do you expect? That's why I said I'm not saying I'm against it. I just think these other people that are joining or jumping on the bandwagon, I'll put it that way, and making this whole movement look worse than what it should be. And then the media sensationalizes negative shit regardless. They're not sensationalizing the positive ones because God forbid, God forbid. We also have to do a better job at like policing at these protests, like watching the people that, that come in and infiltrate. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you can tell the, the people look suspect. So it's up to us to, to weed them out and, I don't know, if, you know, beat them up if we have to. Like, I, I don't know how to... <laughs> Just get them. Yeah. No, you, no you're right. You're right. I right. mean, I remember um, uh, I lived in uh, the Massachusetts area, like the Boston area, and um, I remember when the Boston bombing happened, and all over, like, the state, pretty much, when uh, parades were going on, when, you know, whatever was going on, there were strict rules and guidelines that were put into place. Like, for instance, like, no one was allowed to go to a, a parade with a backpack. And, like, cops were enforcing that heavy, you know. But what saddens me is... You know, and I and I respect everyone's point of view, but I think this is this is a conversation that leads to a larger issue. This is what we're talking about, and the message is getting lost about why we're angry. Mm-hmm. We're angry about a man named George Floyd, who was murdered by not one, but three cops, which led to his uh, a systemic four. issue. Well, four, because the, there was a cop who stood by and tried to block and watch and, and, and did nothing and mm-hmm. did absolutely nothing, which was disgusting. We were outraged because this man was crying out to his mom as he died. And we've seen circumstances like this so many times before. And as everyone said, and as everyone agrees, Colin Kaepernick, for instance, was blackballed from the NFL because he was addressing this exact same issue peacefully. And what did everyone do? Not everyone, but people. They were burning his jersey. They were, you know, making threats. They were upset with him because they wanted to watch football and not talk about the issue. And now people are like, well, if we're going to be civilized and not being heard, well, what the hell is stopping us from being uncivilized? Because we're going to get our message across. Mm -hmm. And I think, 
I think you were right, Jamal. I think there was an unintended and a necessary evil that had to happen for some consequences to occur. For example, it took four days for them to arrest at least one cop and charge him with murder, as opposed to waiting four years to do their investigation and then maybe perhaps charge him with murder. I think there was a, a, a unified outrage across this country, and it happened swiftly. I think that there has been change in a sense where, unlike most protests and outrage before, there are cops that are willing to take a knee and protest with the protesters. And I think that because of the fact that we've advanced in social media and technology, that it makes it harder for people to deny that this is an issue. And so much so that it resulted in this Minnesota police department to get charged, to get charged, the entire department. And I believe by the end of this week, you're going to have those other cops facing the same charges because what happened to this man was wrong. And we know, and, and, and what gets distracted is we point to the riots, we point to the looting, we point to all this other stuff. Well, we're not asking the question, why are they looting? Why are they protesting? Why are they rioting? Why are they angry? Why are they upset? Why are there black, brown, white, and Asian people freaking coming together? Because this is outrageous. This has happened too long, too much. And you know who suffers at the end of the day when this is all said and done? You know who still has to deal with this at the end of the day when this is said and done? It's not any of us on this podcast. It's not the people who are protesting. It's the family who still are going to deal with the loss of their son. (laughs) Damn, way to call them out. What if I wanted to sit this question out? That's what I'm out. And I'm outraged about a lot of well, stuff. Well, here, here's the thing. Well. So your outlook is, um, I feel, I respect your outlook, not more than anyone else, but I look to your outlook because I see my outlook and yours is just a little bit more <laughs> drastic than mine. And it makes me think, well, maybe, maybe I'm not saying this the right way or maybe, you know, maybe I'm not doing enough. And you do that for me. So I love to hear <laughs> um, your outlook. So... Just letting just, just keeping it a hundred. My outlook is um, essentially for the, the looting and the riots. Um, it's unfortunate to say it's bad. I, I I can't get myself to say it's bad for simple reason that uh, there's no rules in war. Like we are, we pride ourselves in being a, a a very powerful country. We'll go to different countries and kill people at the drop of a hat, and people cheer. But then you want to complain about some uh, materialistic things on our country being harmed. So that's like very contradictory to me. So I can't say it's bad at all. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I agree with it 100%. Uh, not to say that like I wouldn't do it personally, but I'm not gonna say somebody's bad for doing it since as a country, we pride ourselves on doing worse stuff than that. And that's my take on it. I think you're right. I think you... I think you're right in, in part. I agree and disagree with you. I don't think this is necessarily a war because I think that this lends itself to having a conversation that is a broader issue that we've all been talking about. I mean, I don't know what the age range is in this group, but let's just say, for instance, it's anywhere between 25 to 35. We've seen this story before. And 
my question, like I think a lot of people, and I'm not going to say what people, what people's outrage is, is bad or good. Everyone is entitled to the way they feel. Everyone is entitled to, you know, if they think this is not that big of a deal, or if we think we're outraged, which I think everyone, in my opinion, should be outraged, is fine. I just think that we have to think about unintended, unintended consequences. You know, we're angry at this because this has been going on far too much and nothing has been done. And it's not necessarily, in my opinion, which I'll get to later on, a political circumstance. I think it's a social injustice and uh, moral injustice issue. But I don't think that even though I understand why people are doing what they're doing, because now, listen, the whole world sees what's happening. It's not just the America. Mm -hmm. It's not just the South. It's not just whatever. The whole world is paying attention now, which I think may perhaps have been different, but maybe it's not like this level before. And that may have been the, the consequence or the, or the intention. But then again, you're talking about we're still living in a pandemic. We're still living in a circumstance where people are unemployed. We were trying to move in a direction, and this, this tragedy, this disgusting tragedy happened. And there is no excuse, in my opinion, for looting jewelry stores, burning houses, um, doing these things. I mean, if you're going to declare war, just remember, you're going you're gonna to have un unintended consequences. And I don't think this is a war in a sense that we're like fighting one. We're like a dysfunctional family, right? We all coincide one, one another, with one another. We all live in the same quote unquote residence and we're not getting along. When's, when's, the, last, because, when's the last time you killed your brother <laughs> or anyone in your household? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it is a war. I mean, I wanted, like, I mean, I wanted so to, I was like, don't you, get it twisted. Yeah, you wanted to, but, but, but you've never <laughs> committed murder. So where you say it's not a war, what determines a war? In, in that point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think in that, that's a good question. I mean, shit, I got to think about that for a second, but I think what determines war, <laughs> I think it, de it depends on the person. I think your idea of traditional war versus warfare in a sense where there's a war on black people or there's a war on women or there's a war on, you know, gays. I mean, it depends on the subjectivity of what you're fighting for. And if you're going to be willing to fight for, what does that war entail? And is the idea that burning jewelry stores or burning whatever is going to help achieve your ultimate goal. And I agree with you. Like we go into countries all the time and we, we mess up everything. We drop bombs. We drop, you know, we've dropped nukes before. I mean, we've done some destructive stuff for, you know, some sort of goal. But we're talking about a specific issue. And I don't think this war is for necessarily on a national quote-unquote level i think it's focused on a specific issue that we're outraged with are we outraged with the united states of america yeah are we outraged <laughs> with the police force are we outraged yes. with racist racist people yes. i mean what is what is our war a uh, declaration of the, war like, the, can you tell the, me all of the above um <laughs> it's like it's like Everything you said, there's an issue with. So, I mean, do you want me to go down a list and break down the issues on each level? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so where Absolutely. would you like me? Where, That's what where we're would talking. you like me to start at? What would 
What, what would be okay? So, what, 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 if you were if you were declaring war on the United States first, then you were declaring war. Okay, on the so all right, we're going to start. Then with, you were declaring we're start war with the United States, right? The United States okay. has a great okay. history, obviously slavery. Bottom line, but let's not go. We're going to take it the next step, right? So after after step okay. one, uh, slavery ends. United States awards mm-hmm. black people land, but they make laws in place, and black people don't know how to read. They gave them property, forty acres and a mule. I know you, everyone's heard of that. That was true. So mm-hmm. black black people after slavery were actually prosperous, yet they didn't know how to read. So white people and the U.S. government tricked them out of their land, signing deeds over. And which why no black people own property. So then you fast forward a little bit long further. Now the Jim Crow laws are in effect. Hence why we're all locked up. So yeah, we have a war against the US. I can keep going further because pretty much in nineteen sixty-eight is when we quote unquote became free of any issues and laws or anything like that. But at that point, we're already starting to mass in- well, the mass incarceration came a little the super mass incarceration came a little bit later. But the whole timeline of that. Yes, we're on a war with the U.S. Now we can take it down to the police. For obvious reasons, someone have a knee on their neck for nine minutes is enough to have a war with the police. And what was the next level? Mm-hmm. What's the next level? So you had the war in the U.S., the war in the police, uh, the war on racism. Racism. <laughs> I mean, do I even have to explain that one? <laughs> like broad, broad day lynching. Yeah, let's not have a war for that. Itself. There's no matter which way you can talk about it. Uh, Black and brown people. And it's not even just black people. There is a lot of brown people that go to it. Like the Hispanics go through a lot of struggles also. But what I'm saying, since we're talking mm-hmm. about blacks in specific right now, there's a lot to go to war with the U.S., the police department, and everything on multiple levels. And for you not to call it a war, which which means there's, there's different wars because Trump has trade wars all the time. You consider those wars and you don't consider this a war because... What reason? There's no there's no standpoint. You have no justification for that not to call this a war because you call so many different things wars and then you just sweep this one under a rug. That's really contradictory to me. Hey man, I listen. Sorry, valid points. I really don't know how to argue that. I really don't. Usually I'm ready to like argue. I, I really what, what? shit. <laughs> Very rare do people make me speechless and ask my family. I've been around for thirty years. I do a lot of I do a lot of research on this. That's why um, on like all these. Well, issues I, I, I really, I really, not only do I respect your view, like you make valid points, and you're right. Like, why are we declaring certain things an act of war, and not others? Why? I mean, aside from the racism, you're right. We have a very deep-seated, rooted history in this country where it's like you give a little, then you take it away. You give a little, you take it away. You give a little, take it away. I mean, in, you know, when you go through the history, you know, you talk about slavery, then we're free. And then we have this, you know, we have the three-fifths law. We have all this stuff. And then you have Jim Crow. Then you have segregate. You know, you have all these things, even like affirmative action, where you like force to hire people. And then that became an issue, you know, and then like the, the, the value of certain people and not just black people, not just, you know, um, Hispanics or whatever. I mean, we've had history. I mean, in war- during World War Two, we had Japanese people being in, interned. You had Jewish people who were turned away. You, we have so many things, but like you said, the focus, and I'm glad you brought this up, is about the issue at hand. 
a systemic issue about black people being oppressed, being brutalized, and being killed at the hands of white cops. Now, I have a question for the whole group. How do you address or how would you address individuals in this situation who try to distract that purpose and want to make it political? Because I had a situation today that really bothered me, and I talked to um, Danielle about it. But I want to get your thoughts about what would you say and how would you approach a person who wants to politicize this, where their politics may not align with yours or vice versa, and they want to make this a political issue and not a moral and social injustice issue? I think it's every issue. I think it's political, it's moral, it's social, it's it's racial, it's everything. I think this is an issue across the board. Um, and to say it's one and not the other is an injustice to what we're going through, period. Like we're we're fighting for our lives. We're we're literally and figuratively fighting for our lives. This is a war, period. This is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, nobody. So does everyone agree that, you know, when we have these circumstances where people are trying to change the narrative that it's okay to just bring politics in or like what what like what how would you approach that? Because I okay, so maybe maybe my situation I can explain it. And then you guys can tell me what your thoughts are. So I have a friend, or I used to have a friend because she was not happy with me this morning. And the crux of the, the, the generalization of the conversation was she's very passionate about her politics. Now, I'm not mad at her, and I don't know what everyone else thinks, but she is a total Trump supporter. She's a conservative and I've known her for over 10 years, and she's a fantastic person. She really is. However, it just so happened, and she has a history of doing this, and it led me to really reflect on who she was as a person as opposed to her thoughts. And I wake up today, and I see even more posts that were disgusting me far worse than what it was yesterday. And she decided that she wanted to blame the Democrats about the massive amount of violence going on in this country and associating it with Democratic-ran states or counties or districts or whatever. And I'm the type of person where I pick and choose my battles because sometimes I don't really feel that there you can reason with... I really just don't feel like certain conversations or certain thoughts are open enough for me to like really take them on because I don't think that it, 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 it opens the conversation. Like you want to say that that's fine. You want to believe that that's fine. You're entitled to that. But this was a situation where, where it really honestly pissed me off because she's selective with her outrage. She is inconsistent with her thoughts. She cherry picks what she wants to broadcast out there. She's a very smart woman and does not use her talents or her intelligence to her advantage. And I felt it was important for me at that moment when nine o'clock, the first post I see is this to say something. All right. And I've said stuff before and we've come up to 
conclusions where we agree in certain parts and we have a mutual agreement and it's fine. Today, she attacked me. Today, she blocked me because I said to her, you're missing the point. Don't sit there and say it's political and point the fingers at one political party. Racism and systemic racism has happened since Bill Clinton, George Bush, President Obama, and currently President Trump. The problem has not been solved amongst political parties is what I was getting at, and that politics is not necessarily the forefront of the argument. And I said that the argument is about systemic issues and lack of accountability and how we've ignored certain things we know has been going on. And when I say we, I'm talking about the people who are empowered to change them. And because she felt it was a different sort of scenario and that politics had everything to do with it, I had to, provo- to pro- uh, provide her with some facts. Now, the facts that I provided her generally was speaking about like, you know, true, you know, this is a circumstance that's going on. Yes, this happens, but we're not focused on that. You know, I made the argument to not only her, but to one of her friends, if you're going through the Me Too movement and you're talking about women being um, marginalized and people talking about sexual assault and how women are not believed and how women don't feel comfortable coming forward, it is inappropriate for me as a man to say, oh, well, men get sexually assaulted too. That may be true, but that's not the issue. The issue is a man was once again killed by the hands of a cop and other cops and he happened to be black which seems to be the theme of this country saying that warranted her to block me and didn't open up enough of a conversation because she knew I was coming with facts she knew I was informed she knew that I can defend myself and she curled up like a ball and deleted me after 10 years of friendship, this is what's going to separate us. And that's what bothered me today. That's how I started my day. And I wonder, there are a lot of people who felt the same way I did and didn't say anything. And I wonder, is it enough to stay silent? Is it enough to call people out? Or what are we supposed to do in those circumstances, especially when it's our friends? That's what bothered me today. That's what I was coming at with it comes when it when it pertains to uh, political uh, bringing politics into a circumstance that may perhaps may not need to be political, and maybe perhaps people have thoughts. Well, um, I don't have too many thoughts on when people argue with me about polit- when they bring politics into it. I um, tend to I usually ignore this shit because mo- most of them are brainwashed. So that- that you could bring up facts to them, and you know they they just speak out of ignorance. Um, I I had a friend, well, he's kind of like a friend. We were in the Marines together. I've known him just about the same amount of time, ten years. I met him in '09, so a little over. And he's he's always he's a pro Trump, um, but he's a lot different. Like I I was tagging him and and dirty shit that you know shit that the cops were doing, like mad fucked up to like kids and and. Mm-hmm. Publicly, he didn't publicly answer back to that. He would still keep, you know, uh, keep speaking on behalf of them, like positively. But then on, then I get like private messages, and he was like, "I totally agree with you, this and that." 
Um, it all depends on the person, but I don't, I don't pay them any attention. I don't, um, yeah, with, with ignorance, I just, I just let it be. Like some people are just that deeply brainwashed that it, it's no point to even try. But do you think that perhaps that's what they're counting on is that no one will challenge them because they're just so limited in their way of thinking. I mean, I had a friend who just, who told me earlier who we, we share the same mutual acquaintance, a friend at this point. And she said, I just don't even bother because there's no point. And I'm like, well, isn't that like the point? Like it, like if you have someone and I, you know, again, if you, specifically state that you're not trying to attack someone you're not trying to say their view is right or wrong you're just trying to put something into perspective where we can have a dialogue and then afterwards you know we may still disagree i mean shit i disagree with my mom i I love my mom to death but there's some things i'm just like yo i don't agree with you where we get to a point where we can just say i understand where you're coming from like i really do i just don't agree and that did. I wasn't awarded that today. I, I just say, just and, keep keep calling them out, and then stuff like like you got blocked. Like that's a person you you know you're not gonna be able to change. So just get that out of your life and keep trying to to convince the ones that uh, I don't know, shine shine light to, to others, basically. Yeah, educate the ones who will listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find. I, I mean, I just found you, it you very can't you can't argue with you know? it. It's hard. I tried so many, and I just I just stopped putting my energy in. I'm like, man, nah, you know, it's not even worth it. Let me just move on, and and I I just kept tagging him until he sent me that private <laughs> message, and I was like, all right, to me, but he just doesn't want to answer publicly. So how did that? How did uh, by the way, how did that make you feel? It, like, it was actually you know, well. I had two of my friends yesterday actually hit me up. One hit me. He, I was also in the Marines with him, and he was a he's like a big redneck, and um, he would always be against me. And then he called. He actually called me yesterday, and we spent like a good fifteen minutes talking. And he was just like, you know what, you were right. Like for the past two years, I've been like posting all this, you know, going against you, and I, I was wrong the whole time, basically. And you know we we mm-hmm. talked for a little bit. Everything was good, but it's it's good to see him because I was like, at the end of the day, we're gonna have to choose a side. There's no in between. It's you against me. Like it's mm-hmm. our people against them. Mm-hmm. And if you're in between, you're gonna get caught in the crossfire. And I'm not gonna feel bad because you should have chose our side. Right. So it's good. It's, right. good, it's good to I see him on our side. So. Yeah, and you highlight something positive that has happened to me in the past couple of days. I mean, for instance, um, you know, I've known Jamal since 2003, I think, right, Jamal? <laughs> well, his silence is like, his silence is like a, vow, a vow of acceptance. Um, we went to high school together. Um, and we otherwise, outside of the circumstances, maybe perhaps may have not had reconnected. I made friends with Danielle. I'm making friends with all of you, you know? So I think the positivity, which I try to see the civil lining is that maybe perhaps we make connections with people we ordinarily may have not. But what was interesting to, to your point was, you know, I have a mixed group of people. I got, I hang my Latin people, I hang with my black people. I got my white folks and I have maybe two Asian friends. And what was very beautiful about the last couple of days was, you know, my 
white friends had actually, you know, sincerely reached out. And it's not because of the fact that they have never reached out before. It was because that they took note of what has been going on and they had expressed concern. They were saddened. They didn't know what to do. Some of them, they were like, I don't know what to do. And I, and I want to know what your thoughts are. How can I help this situation? Or I know that I'm misinformed. And can you tell me X, Y, and Z to help me better be a better person or be a better friend or be a better person of the cause? And, you know, this, you know, even some of the, the men that I, I call brothers that don't look like me reached out and they're just like, you good? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, we're working through it. And I wonder, you know, it just made me feel good that through all this media coverage, all this, you know, difficult times, this hurt, this anger, this pain, that even in this podcast, we can come together and we can talk about our thoughts. None of us are, you know, alike in a, in a way. We all have different backgrounds. We may look alike. We may not. We may have different genders like, you know, Danielle. But, you know, we all have we all have a common goal, which we're trying to be better, you know, and it, it helped me today knowing that people wanted to make sure I was better and that I was, you know, I was okay. And then, you know, whatever, and that they were going to take a stance. And that to me is also another thing that gets lost because I think we, I think decent people on the same page, I think we're just taking two different highways sometimes. And I think like, if we don't talk about the issues, the issues don't get solved because we're all assuming what other people are thinking. You know, if my friends didn't reach out to me, perhaps I may have said, oh, yeah, I don't care. Or perhaps I may have said, oh, maybe I'll get lost in the fray. But when they talk about, hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, how you doing? How's your mom doing? Who, by the way, expresses to me all the time, I worry about you as being a young black man going out into the community and this could be you, you know? And when people get challenging, I always ask, what's the solution? What, what do we do to solve this? How do we do things differently than what we have been doing? Like that's, I think that's the glaring question that's in my head. This is going to eventually, the protests and riots and all this sort of stuff is going to eventually kind of calm down, like, most other things do but what do we do to keep the message consistent and what do we do to change this like i don't know what the solution is and i i want to know your thoughts Every, everything can't calm down right now until we have change that that's the solution like do you think that change do you think that the change has to come before the solution or the solution has to come before the change the change has to definitely come before the solution okay all right Danielle, hmm. what do you think? I mean, there definitely needs, like you said, there definitely needs to be a change and there needs to be a solution. Like, obviously, eventually all things die down. It's what's going to happen when it dies down. You know, people need to speak up. The problem is within humanity itself. How can you hate somebody based on what they look like without them having ever done anything to you personally? I wasn't raised mm -hmm. like that. So for me to even like try to compute that in my head, it doesn't freaking work. It doesn't mm -hmm. work. 
but the energy needs to still be there when the protests die down. Like there's supposedly word going around that there's going to be some laws. They're going to be changing the protection of the police officers in the court, which is a, a good thing. So there's already some positive talks coming from this. It's just whether or mm-hmm. not they're going to be applied. Right. And that's the main issue. It's whether or not, you know, the actions are going to match the talk. What do you think will happen, folks, if the other cops who I believe are going to be charged and the outcome becomes a not guilty and we oh, erupt again? But we should, we should erupt. Now, okay. We, and the eruption will happen. And I, and I agree with you. We should erupt because then that's saying there's no justice, yeah. right? There's no justice nope. after system, you know, again, and, you know, I've said this in previous conversations, right? If any one of us on this chat, any one of us were to even be hinted that there may have perhaps been a murder involved, we would have been in handcuffs that very day, right? There's a different standard amongst certain folks, cops and you name it, right? But we've seen it before, right? We've seen that there have been cops that have been charged with what we can see as indisputable murder and they get acquitted. And then the same process happens. Once that process may perhaps happen, what do we do next? What do, like, what do we, like, how do we do, like, change? I mean, I hear people saying, oh, you just vote. You vote people out who aren't doing whatever. But we've been voting people out. People have been getting voted in. People have done nothing. What do we do? I mean, does it get to a point where we just have to start making examples out of people? I mean, what do we do? And I just, like, that's what I'm asking. I'm looking at way ahead. And how do we, at the same, at the same time, create some sort of unify, unifying voice without causing more division? Like, that's what I'm concerned about, too. I mean, I, it may not, division may not be a problem at this point because we're divided as it is. But how do we create a, a solution when the problems still exist? That's what I'm concerned about. Anybody? I think you made everybody pause. That's okay. I think. <laughs> I mean, the other day, the know. other day, people, the other day, people were asking me because I was totally against the riots, and then uh, I was asked. Uh, when you peacefully protest and nothing gets done um, and you've been dealing with the same problem and nothing gets done, what else, what else do you, what else do you propose as a solution outside of rioting and doing what we're doing? And I, I, and I actually, I actually had to pause because I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think a lot of the stuff happens, but I just worry that, I worry that when circumstances happen like this, we lose the message. But even if we keep the message, the problem still remains. You know, I'm just concerned about where we're heading. And I'm hoping that people can see above the chaos that, hey, 
we're not going to tolerate this nonsense. And maybe perhaps, and I'm really theorizing this right now, maybe perhaps we gotta, we really have to cause destruction before we cause or we provoke a conversation. And maybe that conversation results into action. And maybe that action results into a solution. I don't know. And that's what bothers me. I have a friend that's, that told me today she's scared because the first time she lives in Rhode Island, she said, I had military helicopters flying over her goddamn you know, city. She said, I've never seen this before. And I said, I don't know how to comfort you. I just said, be part of the solution. Why, why do you, you know what I mean? Like, why, would, why, the, why would she have to be com- comforted? Is that the right word? Comforted. Comforted. Yeah, she's scared. <laughs> um, she's scared. No, I live uh, I live in LA and we hear choppers every day. So like, oh, you are. Oh, you do? I have, I have a good friend that lives in LA too, as well, by yeah, the way. So at that, at so, that point, it's like, if this is everyday life for someone, if it happens to you for a short amount of time, why do you have to be comforted? What about the people who feel it every day? Why do you feel bad for her? I feel bad for her because you know, unfortunately, something that she hasn't experienced. You know, it's the same way that there are people who. So I, hope that someone pouring a glass of, I, I hope that's someone pouring a glass what, what of milk. I think, what I think he's getting at is that it's not so much that he felt bad for her, she needs to be comforted. This is not something that she's ever experienced, so she didn't know how to react to it or how to feel about it. Oh, no, I got it's that. It's the same thing as... I got that. It's the, but that's the whole thing. It's like, okay, for example, somebody who's raped. Now, somebody who's raped, you want to comfort them, you want to feel bad for them, but it's the same as, well, somebody else got raped, so you know that's their day in day life. You can feel bad for somebody and try to comfort them just because they're going through something maybe that you're used to, but they're not. And I think that's okay. I think you need to keep some part of your humanity. But but uh, <laughs> that's kind of contradictory to what's going on right now because that same person doesn't feel bad for a person who was just killed or the systematic racism. But you don't you don't know that he well, didn't say that he was just well, giving an example. What, it's not it's not about knowing. It's about like the whole culture because if she's complaining that she's hearing helicopters, I'm pretty sure she doesn't. It's not sympathizing or empathizing with people. Let me stop you for a second. I, I can assure you, and this is one of, this is one of my homegirls, like we, we talked about a multitude of issues. You know, she, has, she's a, she is a white woman, and she has her boyfriend that she's been with for four years, who is Cape Verdean, and there are a lot of issues that she has dealt with. All right, she's like a little sister to me, but nevertheless, She's went through things that I can't even relate to. And I'm not saying that's apples and oranges. I'm just, I'm just explaining it to you. And in the context of what we were talking about, there's a lot of shit that she, she didn't even think in her being 21 that she was ever going to experience. You know, she never understood what racism was until she actually fucking saw it. She never understood what, you know, having to you know, defend something that she considered to be beautiful was until she experienced it, you know? And then to top that off, she couldn't even believe that in her lifetime as a person who is an advocate, you know, she, she, I mean, she's cut her family off, essentially, some of her family off for issues that 
they didn't align with her on and that they criticized her on. You know, oh, you don't understand the, the struggle that your boyfriend will ever go through because you went through private school. And she's like, what, what the fuck does that have to do? And she's like, I didn't even want to go to private school. She's like, so what are you talking about? She she is, and, and wanted her to actually join this conversation, which she wanted to, but she had to work, of course. And the point I'm trying to make is that it was nerve-wracking to her that in a world that she perhaps may have seen different changes under her upbringing, that she's seeing things for the worse. And she's never, ever... Not saying that it's it's something that she should accept or not accept. She's never ever in her life would have thought that seeing military helicopters drive, you know, flying over a freaking city or town would have been a reality because outside of her own personal family chaos, things essentially were relatively peaceful. And you know, she grew up she grew up in a she's a city girl just like I'm a city boy just like some of the people that I know in this chat are city people you know so I mean I don't I'm not trying to like convince you to agree or disagree I can't I I hope I paint the picture right but her conversation with me and just like she recognizes stuff just like a lot of people recognize stuff it's like she's going through her own battles as well and she's trying to support circumstances that people are saying that she should die for. Like she because of the fact that she's dating a Cape Verdean dude, they they said, Hey, you should die. You know, and she's like, I'm not about that. And try me. You know? And, and she's and, someone I can sister. I'm close to her to one of my other sisters. And I got twin sisters. I talked to Danielle about today and other people. So, you know. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> no, I, would, I, would, I, would, I heard that laugh and I got scared. No, I got no. scared. I'm not familiar with that. I would, I would, I would, I would um, rebuttal to that by by saying what? So who cares? No. So what? Like that's that's the the narrative of this whole thing. Like that's what the whole issue was. Is so what? We're always uncomfortable. Me as a as a black man, I'm always uncomfortable. Like, I can't oh, live comfortably. So when I say she heard helicopters, so what? Be uncomfortable for once. See what the reality is. I don't care that you're uncomfortable that you heard helicopters. And that's the difference. Like, you're, you're justifying her fear where everyone else lives in everyday fear. That's not fair to everyone else. Because she's not in any imminent danger. She's just hearing helicopters. Every time I get in the well, car and I drive past the cop, I'm in imminent danger. Hey, listen, I'm not discounting. I, I'll put it this way. I'm not justifying her fear. I'm, I'm empathetic to it because, listen, your fear is my fear. Listen, I can tell you stories about the same thing. When I got pulled over and I got questioned at one point with a cop with his hand on his gun. I can tell you a time when I was dating a woman who was white, who got, who uh, lived in a town where she was a member of a, a club or a country club, or whatever, where a cop came up to my car and all we were doing was listening to music. And he asked her, was she being held against his will, her will? I can tell you stories when I was in high school in the Bronx 
where I was the target, not only by white people, but black people, but brown people, because I dated a white girl. And listen, I dated everyone. I dated everyone. I can tell you that right now. I love everyone. I don't discriminate or have preferences, but you date everyone. And this particular time in junior year, I was discriminated not only by my peers, I got targeted by my deans. So much so that I was getting detention for walking too close to my girlfriend. My grandfather has told me stories when he was a Marine. Now, my grandfather well, not was a Marine, but when he was in active service, my grandfather is turning 90 on the 21st, of, the 21st of this month, okay? He went through the process of, you know, going through segregation, wearing the uniform, and not even being able to eat in the same restaurant as some of his comrades because of the color of his skin, being told that if you don't abide by the laws of the South, you're going to suffer the consequences of breaking those laws. And we were, and we are aware of that. My experiences may not be your experiences. You know, my experiences may not be, you know, Jamal's experiences and vice and all that stuff. I cannot discount what a person's level of fear is versus what my fear is. I get scared. I've I've been scared when I've gotten pulled over. I can't even begin to tell you the anxiety I get when I'm driving on the highway and I got a state a state trooper behind me. I get nervous. And I'm holding my hands on a freaking steering wheel when I have gotten pulled over because I don't want to give anyone a reason to shoot me. And that's my mom's fear. That's my fear. And when I when I saw this story, I said, that could have been me. That could have been so many of my friends. But I can't say to my friend Melissa, yo, you you now experience what no, fear is fear is personal. And what you and me may fear, you know, I think you're probably tougher than me. You see more than I have. My fear about certain things, you may laugh at. No, I'm not. It's, that I think matter. I think you. I, I'm not discounting her fear. What I'm saying is, so what? <laughs> That's the difference. You can fear all you want, but my thing is, so what? Why do you need comforting? Like, deal with it. Like the rest of the people have to deal because with I it. Think because I think people don't know how to deal with but that's it. That's not, that's no one's issue. That's no one's fault. That's her. She that's has to deal with it. That's not your issue. That's not your issue. That's not your fault. But we, you see what you're saying, and I, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Like, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm just saying, like, not everyone thinks like you. You may be a stronger-minded person than other people, and you may feel like, hey, I'm not going to coddle you. You're going to be thrown into the freaking woods and you're going to you're going to learn how to survive but that's not everyone you know that's not that's not you know that's like us being guys right we can walk down the streets of certain places by ourselves and feel fine does that mean a woman has to feel the same way because she you know she may be fearful and that's that's your fucking problem no we we can't we can't i feel i'm not saying i'm not trying to like judge your point of view, I get where you're coming from. I'm just saying that one person's fear may not be the same. And I don't think that we should 
ignore that or just simply say, you know, and maybe, maybe, maybe perhaps maybe perhaps you and me may not agree on this, but I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. I just mean I just don't agree. <laughs> Fine, I, and uh, that's a lot of people wouldn't agree because my 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 vision is uh, a lot of people who aren't forced to feel uncomfortable. People feel bad for them feeling uncomfortable, and that bothers me because other people live uncomfortable lives daily. Like I have to go into work, and I can't be my True. full self because I'm not. True. I work in a predominantly white and Asian industry, so I can't be myself. That's uncomfortable. So. Right. You should be uncomfortable okay. and should be able to right. deal with it. And I hate when people justify it like, oh, I, I'm not used to this. So it's like, oh, little white girl, you got to be, I got to make sure you're comfortable. Like, nah, like deal with it like the rest of us. Right. Your your experience made you tougher than some. I'm not, I'm not going to ever discount that. I've been in the same situation too. I've worked in an industry in the positions where people that look like me ain't really getting those jobs. I know for a fact that people were not happy with those positions that I was in, especially at the age that I was in and how I obtained those jobs because working hard sometimes. I mean, I dated a girl who was jealous of me because I, I, I excelled far more than she did because I had a high school diploma versus her master's degree. She was jealous. You know, it, it, I, I get what you're saying. And you know what? Maybe perhaps people need to deal with stuff I think the reality is people aren't going to deal with stuff. And I think like what we're talking about, maybe perhaps I'm wrong, that some people feel you just going to have to take it. And some people feel, hey, I understand. Let me help you through it. And I, and I think there's a lot of people, and I know a lot of people who just like, I have no sympathy for you. I have no sympathy for you because guess what? This is my life every day. I walk out the door. I'm going to be this. I'm going I'm to look the way I look. And I'm gonna be treated the way I look, and there's nothing that's gonna change that. You know, I think Danielle may have said this, or someone one of my friends said this. Besides, the difference between a black person and a gay person is that a, a gay person can walk out, and no one's gonna know who he is. You know, you walk out, you walk out a black person. Was that you, Danielle? No, but I like it. <laughs> No, someone someone literally told me it was like the difference between a black person and a gay person. It's true. Is that they literally a gay person could walk out and they're not they're not looked at as being gay because they can hide it. You can't hide being black. And I think that's like one of the things like it's like it's tough and it's hurtful and it's and it's it, it pisses me off because I'm like, yo, I'm not a threat. Like I'm a, I'm actually a nice guy. I think, I think. <laughs> Sometimes I don't, whatever. But I'm like, why do you like do certain things? Like I know the experiences that we all have gone through, going through in the store and being followed. But I don't want that to be the the narrative where certain people can't understand because you know our feelings are different. Like, hey, listen, I'm a sensitive guy. I'll I'll tell you straight up, I'm sensitive. My mom will tell you straight up, I'm sensitive. She'll say, hey, you're an asshole. And it's like, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, whatever. Like, I'm fine. But, I'm, you know, I'm tough enough. But I think, like, even though we may feel that way, we need to do a better job all around. 
you can't feel discounted because of the way you feel. Because I guarantee if you talked about how you felt as being a black man working in an environment where you're the minority in that sense, some people will be like, oh, well, at least you got a job, right? They're, you may have that conversation. You may have a conversation that you your feelings your feelings don't matter. But, but I think the difference is I, I, I don't. <laughs> most people Most people in that position don't. They don't complain about being the minority. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Deal with it. So, like, you're uncomfortable for a month, two months, not even yeah, like a couple weeks, to be honest. And mm-hmm. and some people, people love just because you're not used to feeling that uncomfortability level. Everyone has to justify it and, and comfort you. When I don't, I honestly just don't think that's right. I just, there's no. It's not right. It's not right. It's not right. Yeah, 100%. It's not right. You should never, ever feel com- uncomfortable in the place you work. And you should never, ever feel uncomfortable where you live. You should never, ever feel uncomfortable where you shop. You should never, ever feel uncomfortable, period. You shouldn't. Like, I can't. Like, I'm not going to elaborate on that. You should never, ever feel uncomfortable being in your own skin. I should never feel uncomfortable being in my own skin. Period. Anyone want to disagree on that? Nope. <laughs> Damn, Jamal, you quiet. You have nothing to say. I think his mic is broken. <laughs> I was going to say, throw him under the bus. Like, <laughs> <did you? laughs> Jamal's, the, Jamal's the agitator. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Social Justice, the New American Revolution. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the latest episode. And if you want to be heard, email us at the socialjusticepodcast at gmail.com.